This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Circuit of Success, and thank you for joining me. You know, it's been said that success comes to those who wait, but I believe the opposite. I believe that it's earned with the right attitude, a great belief system, and action every single day. When you mix that in with faith, courage, discipline, and most importantly, a vision, that's when greatness happens. Now let's dive right in to this week's guest. Welcome to the Circuit of Success Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today we have Partha Unava with us. Partha, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Brett. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're down in Atlanta, Georgia, in your office right now. And uh, why don't you give our listeners a little taste of, of who Partha is and, and what's made you the man you are today. And, and I know we'll talk about this in, in the opening, but, um, you know, a guy that was 30 under 30 for Forbes magazine, and I think that's a real big deal. And, and But why don't you just kind of tell us who you are and what's made you the man you are today? Yeah, sure. So my story started, um, I was a student at Georgia Tech and playing basketball, broke my ankle, spent some time on crutches and hated it and kind of got aware to how a lot of the medical device industry, uh, specifically that durable medical sector, so you're talking crutches, walkers, wheelchairs, etc., um, hadn't really been changed in a very long time. So using engineering background, made some crutches that don't hurt your armpits, uh, took a few years but then got it into market, did the whole angel funding, venture funding path. And now running the company, we've got about 10 people on board and we're growing and it's exciting every day. Well, that's awesome. So let's talk about that for a second because, you know, lots of us, you know, would break an ankle or break a hand or something, but, you know, don't go out and actually create a business around it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm fascinated by that and would love to hear that. So why this? I mean, why, why, I mean, you seem like a smart guy. You could have gone out and got a, you know, a good job out of Georgia Tech, but you decided to take a risk start a business and all the stuff that comes with that. So, so why this? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think my answer changes, I guess, every year I grow older. But um, now I think the iteration of that answer is it was part of kind of a, a vision I had for myself to be successful, meaningful, and important in the world. I wanted to do something that put me into a situation where I was actually able to make impact on the world. I was able to make decisions that mattered. And I wanted to be as big as, if not bigger, than everyone I looked up to growing up, like the Bill Gates, Warren Buffetts. Uh, that's that's what I've always wanted to be. Um, so I knew a normal job wasn't going to cut it for myself. I initially had planned on going to med school, but didn't really have the interest in going through med school. But I always loved healthcare, and I wanted to be a part of it and do something to make the patient experience better. So that really got me started. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd subscribe to the same theory then as Steve Jobs says, let's make a dent in the universe, right? Yeah, exactly. Tell us more about that, because obviously you don't just wake up one day and, and start a company and, and become successful. And it, it took a lot of hard work and grit and passion and all that stuff. So when you think about that, I mean, what are some of the lessons you've learned in, in starting a company? So we got a lot of listeners, a lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs and people in sales and all sorts of people that listen to the show. What advice would you have for them as they're driving around or they're working out today and they're thinking about, man, I want to, I want to make a dent in the universe. What advice would you give them? I don't think you can ever stop on any sort of dream or goal or anything. I think you have to be unrelenting and I think you have to have just this fire to constantly push yourself to be better than you are. And you also have to know that you want, you have to set a goal that you want so bad that you won't 
give up on it at the expense of other things. So um, I know early on a lot of my friendships and um, other relationships suffered, but it was a sacrifice I had to make personally to get to where I wanted to go at the pace I wanted to go. And there's different sacrifices along the way, and ultimately it does stable out where you can have a reasonable life in, in every aspect. But especially in the formative stages, you have to want it badly enough that, that nothing else will will stop you. Yeah. Have you seen that uh, YouTube video, but the guy talk, takes a guy out in the ocean and talks about how you gotta you got to want it as bad as you want to breathe, right? Oh, so. yeah. I think that's a great one. For those of you who haven't listened, I don't even know, maybe, Bartha, you could tell them where to look that up. But it's just a great video to watch about wanting something bad enough, just as bad as you want air to breathe. So Yeah, it's, a, it's by a guy called Eric Thomas, and it's called How Bad Do You Want It? So talk about those key learnings. I mean, what were the, you know, the one, two, three things that you learned of looking back and you're going to start a company and you're saying, okay, gosh, I wish I'd have known that then. Uh, what would that be? Um, I think the number one thing is I played it really safe early. I was very almost political with it where I was not trying to take any sides but trying to appease a lot of people. And once I started being a little bit more of myself, less tentative and um, more confident in my beliefs and confident in saying them regardless of whether I was talking to a high profile investor or just a friend, um, I learned that being myself unapologetically will push some people away pretty hard, but it'll pull people in a lot harder. And that that was a huge difference. Yeah, that's a big deal. I remember when I was starting in a business, I'm in the financial world. And, and so when I was 23, 24, 25, I was always trying to emulate other successful advisors in the firm, right? I was mm -hmm. trying to be somebody that I wasn't. And I found that as soon as I committed to being myself and just being who Brett is, then I was more successful that way. Exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about the importance of believing in the future. I, I read somewhere that you said that once, and, and I'm a, obviously a huge believer in that. But why is it so important to believe in the future? I think it's about believing in a future that you can create. So everything that um, so I'm pretty heavy on on physics. I'm a huge fan of, of string theory and M theory. But um, the way that those work basically states that all of time has already happened, but we experience it linearly. Um, with that being said, I'm not a person that completely believes in predestination, but I, I have significant ability to impact the future in relation to a belief that that impact has already been created and I'm just experiencing it linearly. With that background, I think the future is a place that's molded in the image you want it to be. And if, if one has a really, really distinct, clear concrete vision on what that future has to be, then you can make it into that. Without any sort of vision or idea, it's always a surprise when a new product comes out. But like, uh, I think a good example is like the Amazon acquisition of Whole Foods. Like, If you were surprised about that, you haven't been looking forward at all. Yeah, I mean, you look at they, they've stated their vision, right? And I wasn't surprised by it because uh, you know he talks about Bezos talks about wanting to be able to walk into a grocery store, grab the stuff you need off the shelf, and literally walk right back out. You don't even have to go through a line. I mean, the the, the vision is so clear that uh, he he's great at articulating that. So I think that's huge. I mean, articulating your vision. So when you look at your company now, you said what you got ten people. I mean, how often are you communicating vision and clarity around vision to your uh, to your team? I mean, to the whole team at once, once a week, maybe twice. 
but to everybody individually every single day. I always try to make it so that they understand what what work is going on on a day-to-day basis and how that ties into the longer term and what we're really trying to do as a company. So I tie everything to a basic mission statement for us. It's to help people move better um, in a more effective way, whether that's healing, whether that's just general, like getting around um, starts with a crutch, but it, it expands so much further. With We're working on a whole new slew of products that should be out in the next year or so. And everything kind of fits into this motif. And um, it fits with me because I'm a very active person. I love sports and I've always wanted to be somebody involved in that space and, and help people like myself either get better at them or be involved in them in some way. And, and for us on the rehab side of sports, it, it's a lot of fun to kind of fulfill that mission. And it ties really closely into why every single person has chosen to work for the company. Absolutely. So when you say I do that weekly, once or twice a week, walk our listeners through what's that look like? So you're in a group setting. I'm assuming it's probably not PowerPoint presentations and all that kind of stuff. But what's that meeting look like? Absolutely. So what we do every Monday, first thing is we do a quick huddle and we do things on more of a micro scale. So we set the weekly goals. Um, What we've recently adopted is kind of a two week structure where we have basically I guess you have the 10 work days. You have that Monday, which is more of a planning day. So the first day you have about eight, like really, really, really hard hustle days. And then that last Friday is a reflection day where um, we actually have a book club within the company where everybody's reading self growth or motivational or whatever type of book. And we pick a different one every time and we sit down and discuss it. And those days are focused more on growth. One thing that I do specifically is every Friday we have a afternoon meeting as well. And that's kind of where we recap the week, but then we tie it into grander vision things. So everybody has, it is actually a PowerPoint presentation, but everybody presents. Everybody has one or two slides. They talk about what they were doing and they talk about how that correlates to the bigger picture. So the vision thinking isn't something only I do, but it's something that every employee in the company has to understand to be able to correlate their work to the bigger picture. So that's huge. So, so every week, so on Fridays, if I'm an employee in your company, I'm putting my one or two slides into this PowerPoint presentation deal. And then I'll get up and stand up and say, okay, I was working on X, Y, and Z. And here's how that uh, is going to help the vision of the company. Exactly. And why does it matter? Like, why does the work you put in actually help us achieve our goals? That's a big deal, man. That's uh, that's huge. I like that. So I've also saw that you said one plus one is uh, greater than two. Why is that? Yeah, um, it's because every employee we add, we get more than that person's worth of output from the company, which has been exciting and a new discovery for me as well. Um, just when I started, I was basically a one-man shop and getting getting everything rolling once I started really aggressively hiring last year. Um, was exciting because it wasn't just add a person and then you're hitting twice as many sales channels or something. But it was that we were able to explore so many different verticals and so many different partnerships and opportunities and ways to set up the business that I didn't even think were possible. So value was being created from collaboration that exceeded two people working side by side. What habits, uh, Partha, are you doing? Like, what are your habits, rituals? I mean, what's like, you know, your morning routine to your end of your day routine or even during the day? I mean, what are the things you're doing for daily greatness? Um, Every day I wake up around 6.45 and I drink a glass of lemon water, which is new for me. 
but it makes the mornings a lot easier. So growing up, I was not especially a morning person, but that kind of set my metabolism right. Um, I try to get in the gym every other day, and that works for the most part. Um, I'm not, I don't know why, I'm not really an everyday gym kind of guy, but I do play a lot of sports outdoors. Um, so this morning I did go to the gym, which was nice. Um, I always listen to an audiobook all morning. So after I wake up, it's either an audiobook or some sort of news podcast. Um, I read The Economist once a week. I read Bloomberg headlines from for um, 10 minutes each day. And then um, at the end of the day, I do some unwinding and I do some reflecting. And uh, sometimes I can come with writing, but really for the most part, I stay away from writing recently just because I think it has actually had the effect where my brain doesn't process until I am actually writing. So I'm trying to get away from that. Right. Sometimes that slowing down, that reflection is a lot better than staying on, right? When you're yeah. writing and all that. So so what risk are you happy you took? I mean, when you look back in your, your success here and in, in your early stages of your business, what, what risk are you happy you took? The biggest risk that... I don't really see it as a risk, but other people would, is uh, I left school to start the company. So I dropped out, actually never finished my degree, and a lot of people were shocked. Georgia Tech's a great school, ranked number one in my program that I was in. And for me, it, it didn't matter. It's a great school, amazing people, all of that. But I, I didn't care for any more formalized learning. I was ready to make that impact, and I had what I needed to do it, and I knew I'd pick up everything else on the way. That's the big risk, but to me it wasn't a risk because it was obvious, because I saw capital, I saw a path, and it would have been the stupidest decision I could have made to continue and finish the degree because I would be giving up all of this upside, which had just kind of laid itself out in front of me. Right. And, and so I think that's great, too, because in the world, right, they, they wouldn't say that if you drop out of school and do all this stuff, you'll be 30 under 30 through Forbes, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very rare to, to get that kind of recognition if you follow a traditional path. Well, that's huge. I'm sure. How'd that, how'd that phone call go back uh, to mom and dad? Um, so they were actually pretty cool about it. Uh, I guess they saw it coming because I've been working on this stuff for about seven months um, prior to actually making that decision. And I had actually already lined up funding and an accelerator program to go through to pick up some of the basics of building a company and to get my basic uh, network out there. So they were happy. They saw it as like a structured way to enter the business world. And um, it gave me a really, really healthy foundation. So what was the most difficult thing when you think of running your business and starting your business? What was the most difficult thing that maybe brought you to your knees? It was like, man, this this was extremely difficult. So what was that? And then how did you get through it? Our industry is very interesting because it is mostly dominated by very large players. But our product is such an overlooked sector since it has not been innovated in so long that there's very little innovation and there's very little awareness from our from from hospitals that there's actually um, better products because there haven't been in so long. So um, a huge challenge for us and, and it was staring down the face of this this beast which was not only do we have to bring a new product to market, not only do we have to educate people that it exists and make sure it's a good product, make sure we provide good support, make sure we figure out the distribution equation, but we also have to change an entire culture around a product category that's been the same for hundreds of years, that's in somebody's head has been a distinct image. We have to change that norm and what people expect when they hear the word crutch. And that to me was just very, very daunting. And 
that realization came at a time where um, I had a couple of co-founders when we started and they had just kind of peeled away and we were low on funds and I'm, I'm sitting there kind of by myself and I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know what to do next. And I was lucky to have, I mean, supportive parents and friends and people who, who would listen to me, but um, I also am never want to give up. So I told a investor kind of our first um, first week actually after I started the company, I met an investor and I was quickly telling him about the company and investors always love this question, what will make the company fail? Um, what they want is risks. They want to know, okay, so there's big companies, barrier to entry, all of this, FDA, whatever it might be. Um, but my answer was, it won't. And that it, it didn't go over very well with them. But uh, my reasoning was there's roadblocks and there's friction, but I'm not ever, 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 ever going to stop until this thing succeeds. Whether that means I'm homeless or whatever it takes, it, it's going to make it over the finish line. And that's always been the mentality I've had. So um, it's helped overcome a lot of these challenges. Yeah, that's huge. And I, what I'm hearing too, that, that common theme is basically cut the cord, right? Cut the string, burn the boats, whatever it is. I mean, you, you committed, you were all in, there is no plan B. And I think in, you know, in my business, it's, it's a very difficult business. And lots of people have, have, have been in the business and have left the business because it is so difficult. But I, but I found those people always thought, well, what if I, I could always go do something else, right? I never looked at it that way. There was never a plan B for me. You got to go, you got to build it. And that's what I'm hearing from you. Exactly. And I know financial advisors, I mean, that's a, a greed, a very tough business. And um, there's this Will Smith quote. He says, the moment that you have a plan B, you've already failed. That's exactly right. So how do you define success? I mean, what's that look like for you? Because to your point, you are trying to change a, a business, make a dent in the universe of a hundred and however years old the crutch is. I mean, how do you define success? That's a tough question and something I struggle with right now. Because if you were to ask somebody I grew up with, I would already be successful. And if you asked a large company in our industry, we're still on the way. If you ask me, I feel successful, but I don't really think success is any sort of place that you can get to, but I think it's it's a way, it's an intensity and a manner in which you live your life. Um, so I don't really think there's any sort of business accomplishment that'll really push me over the edge if that hasn't already happened to feeling like I'm successful. But I think it's waking up and um, whether it's with with my family or with my girlfriend or with my friends or with work, um, I want to approach everything with intensity and dedication and with an infinite energy. And if I can do that all day, every day, I feel successful. And if not, I need to figure out how to. So let's talk about the circuit of success, that top left corner is attitude. Let's talk about that. So what what do you do? Every day, obviously, the way I describe it is you have a you have a choice. Every morning you get up, whether you have an alarm or not, you get up and you get a choice to make. You got a good attitude, a bad attitude. You can be a victim. You can be a victor. What do you do every day to stay positive and, and uh, live the life that you want to live through a great attitude? I usually wake up pretty happy just naturally. I'm a, I'm a pretty happy guy. Um, I think that attitude-wise, I used to do a lot of the motivational talks and stuff, but a lot of that's gone away, and I've just just mostly been able to wake up with mission on the top of my mind. And the, I heard a I heard a really nice quote. I'm trying to remember where I heard it, but it was somebody saying that 
you shouldn't live your life on passion because passion fades, but you should live it on determination. So I try to wake up determined to do what I've been trying to do. And that determination kind of carries me through because determination will never run out. It's not an emotion. It's, it's a mentality. Yeah, that's, that's a big deal too, because like you said, it's, you know, motivational speakers, that's why they, they always have the videos and stuff, right? Because you have to have more and more of it. But if you're, you know, I always say when you know your why, anyhow is possible. And, and right now we're talking to a guy that knows his why, right? Yeah. So, um, so how do you enjoy the journey? So let, let's dive in that a little bit, right? Cause we're all busy and entrepreneurs and we're, you know, with kids or no kids, whatever it may be, people are just busy with, with life. But, but how do you stay in the moment and how do you enjoy the journey along the way when you're in the building stage or even a struggling stage for us that are starting businesses and stuff? How do you, how do you enjoy that journey? Well, I have an amazing team. So work feels like play every single day and every day we're in this together. And the most satisfying feeling I've ever had is the whole team coming together to get a milestone done like that trumps everything else i think i've felt in my whole life so far that keeps me in the moment a lot and then a lot of my job is actually social so it's networking fundraising whatever it might be and i get to meet just incredibly inspirational and amazing people on a day-to-day basis if i ever ran out of creative juice it's it's in infinite supply in the people i know so I've been really, really fortunate to have that be a part of my life. So on that uh, circuit of success, we talk about beliefs. So obviously that'd be one of your beliefs is right. The people you surround yourself with. What are some other beliefs for you that it makes that circuit go around to be successful? I believe that I belong where I want to go. And there's no, um, it, it's a hard one to convey. I have this goal, this place or vision of, of the future and there's not a doubt in my mind that I will get there. And I think that's my, my only belief. Are you comfortable sharing that? What is that articulation? What's that look like? So the company I want to build and run would be take Nike and take Apple, that innovation mixed with brand appeal and user experience and apply it to the healthcare sports med vertical. And it's never been done before. And I think we can do it in the biggest, coolest way possible. And to be able to create products that athletes that I admire will wear and use to help them perform, and then to also be able to, to live with that mentality of mental toughness and just winning, basically. I, I see every day as kind of another game that you got to play, and can you win every day? Well, that's phenomenal. So, so do you see, obviously the crutches, it's after the fact, right? Somebody's already been hurt. I mean, are you, what are, what are some other things that you're working on that are going to change the world? Is there, is there prevention? I mean, is there any of that kind of stuff or is that almost too, too impossible to do? No, there is prevention. I cannot say anything more because we are working on that in-house right now, but there will be some sort of announcement. It'll be at least a year from now that we can announce anything with that, but it'll be right before product launch. So we are working on prevention and if if we're able to do it and I, we're very very close i think we've got it um but if we're able to do it it'll be the first time in in the world a product like this has existed and i find that to be one of the most exciting feelings to create things that don't exist like not not many people get to do that no no there was one creator of the iphone right i mean so there's yeah. one creator of what you're talking about here and that's that is really cool so um 
I mean, that, that again, I just I keep hearing about your passion and your beliefs and all that kind of stuff, and that's that's uh, that's fascinating. When, so let's talk about that for a second. Passion, you know, so you know, besides my family, um, you know, my passion is to make a dent in this financial industry, right? The financial services industry. And so, what advice would you have for those people out there right now? And we've talked about this already a little bit, but. They want to make that dent. They want to have that passion to create something. What, what's the one risk they need to take to, that you believe that would help them go the next level? Um, I think it's a reframing of what is risky and not risky. So I think everybody grows up under the typical educational structure and standards and view of the world as if it's 1940. The model of how we build companies and businesses is archaic to some extent now. I think it's it's taken the time to observe the world and to see how deals are valued, how companies actually see risk, and to, to rephrase and see whether, if you're gonna run a company like a, like a Snapchat that's value is so many times higher than its revenue, would that be risky or would that be a situation where you've understood how the markets work and you played it right? So I think to the traditional financial investor, and if you appropriate, approach it from a, a math perspective, like yes, it doesn't make sense and it's risky to put money into like a Snapchat stock. But if you understand the type of investors that put money into those stocks and you see where the company is going, then you might see it as less risky. Or even creating a company like that that's built on not such actual revenue numbers, but more on hype brand and appeal, there's a value there that's not defined in revenue. So I think it's a definition of risk that needs to change in order to do something. I think uh, even with yourself, uh, Brett, with like a becoming a financial advisor, there's perceived risk as to, oh no, like I might not have a base or whatever that might be, but that's only a risk for a short term. And it's probably an actuality like, hey, I'm not going to make a lot of money for a while. But if you play it right, you're going to make a lot in the long term. Yeah, and it's just it's getting past, again, plan B and just committing to plan A, right? Yeah. So let's talk about branding, Partha. You, you know, I think as leaders, right, we have to build the brand. We have to protect the brand. What's that, what's that advice that you would have for leaders uh, to build and protect that brand? What's something that you do from a branding standpoint? I think it's being authentic. And even if that comes with bad things, then to let those show. Because every, like even, even all of these amazing big brands have their flaws, have their moments where they've messed up, but they apologize and that contributes to the brand. So I think it's just a clear definition of what your values are and what you're about. And the more ways that you can get that out to the world or the more that you can connect people and resonate with them, that's I, that, in my opinion, is what building a brand is. Yeah, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you also say that vulnerability, right? You talked about authenticity, and and but that vulnerability, I think, leads to some transparency, leads to intimacy, and and people wanting to be a part of the brand. Yeah, exactly. So, um, when you think about fear, I don't, are you driven by fear, or do you have much fear in your life? Um, no, I don't think I'm afraid of anything in life. I think that I'm driven by a never-ending desire to do better than I have the previous day and to do things bigger 
So when you started your company, obviously there, there were probably some fears. And one of the questions I always ask on this podcast is how many of the fears that you've put into your mind actually have come true to the magnitude that you put them in your mind to be? So this might sound like I'm full of it, Brett. Um, <laughs> That's right. Let it rip. When I started, I, I had no doubt how things would end up. And I still have no doubt. Uh, there's not a single moment that I thought what could go wrong. I, I just have always known what was going to happen and every single day it just continues to. So how do you inspire people on your team, right? So I hear your team there. It sounds like people are just rock and roll and having a great time, but working hard for that mission. I mean, how do you inspire them to go above and beyond? Well, I tell them the future with absolute certainty. And as it happens, they get even more stoked. Uh, I tell them what deals we're going to get. I tell them um, what numbers we're going to hit. And I tell them what products we're making, what it's going to do to the market. And as they see that stuff start happening, it, it builds more and more morale and more and more momentum. So another learning here, I'm just continuing here. You are painting the vision as crystal clear as you possibly can. I always talk about Steve Jobs for some reason, but I'm a huge uh, follower of his and what he did. And and there, some people were talking about the iPhone, and they said that it was it staggered their imagination, right? That it clouded their actual what reality was because when he would paint the vision and the picture of the iPhone, they actually believed that it already existed. Yeah. Right. And I'm just mesmerized by that because it's like, man, how can somebody be so clear on something in their mind that doesn't even exist yet, but yet that's what you're doing in your field? I think that's what you have to do. To do, to do something really, really grand, you have to literally show people that what is in your head is it already exists and the world is waiting on it. I like it. So what are you passionate about right now that you wish you had more time to do? Um, to, to be honest, I mean... We, uh, this is embarrassing to admit, but our, our <laughs> office lost to one of my board members' offices in a, in a game of basketball, so I wish I had some more time uh, to, to train and to play more sports. I used to play really competitive Ultimate Frisbee, um, and I've had to give that up just from a travel standpoint, which, which sucks. That's fine. I like the competition. You guys do a lot of that inside the office as well? Oh, Absolutely. So what's what's an example? Maybe somebody can sh- sh- learn today and implement into their uh, into their you know firm or their company. Yeah, well, we do all sorts of games. Uh, every month we do a company outing, and it always turns into some like bowling or something like that. Um, we're doing team workouts. We don't compete in terms of work accomplishments, um, but we compete in everything else. Even if it's just somebody shoots a a piece of paper into the trash can across the room. Literally everybody else will go over there and do that just to show that they can do it better. It's just the culture <laughs> that we have. Got to one up them, right? <laughs> All right. So I give you uh, $10 million today. You cannot uh, invest it and you cannot uh, pay off, you know, debts or anything like that. And you cannot give it to charity because I know that's what you'd say too. So, so what are you doing with $10 million that I give you today? Oh, I'd reinvest it into into my company because I, in my opinion, that's that's probably the best investment that can be made right now. And so, when you look at life, I think it's about creating experiences. And so, are are you a bucket list guy? Do you have bucket list? No, not really. Um, I'm. This is this is a recent change, but I, I don't really long for all of these once in a lifetime like trips or things like that because I've been really, really lucky in terms of the places I've been able to go, speak at different conferences, uh, travel the world for um, 
just fun trips as well as for work. And um, I've seen a lot of really, really cool stuff. So I know those opportunities will come, but my favorite thing to do is, is to spend the day at work and then to go to the gym and go home and hang out, watch some Netflix. Like that's really, that would make my life perfect. What are you watching on Netflix these days? Um, I'm just watching stand-up specials right now. <laughs> I like it. That's funny. So what's, uh, what's the best book you've read or like what's one book that you'd recommend our listeners to be, uh, to be looking out for and to go, to go pick up? Relentless by Tim Grover. So he's the guy who trained Kobe, Michael Jordan, and Dwayne Wade. And his whole book is about their mentality and what made them like the top level of winners. Yeah, that's a phenomenal book. I actually reached out to him and I'm connecting with his people to get him on the show as well. But That's awesome. I just, just read it like two weeks ago and it is phenomenal. Amazing. Talk yeah. about in your face, right? I mean, there, there's, nothing, yeah. there's no sugar coat and he's in your face in that book. So that's good. And I did the audio book too, which was like even more like it felt like he was just like yelling at me. So that was my like... <laughs> That was my tune in the gym. What do you, is that what you, like, what do you use for that? Audible or what, what app are you? Yeah, Audible. Okay. And that's a monthly subscription type stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But they give you a free book every month. So basically you're just in, incentivized to read. Okay. I like it. Where can our listeners find more of you? Where, where, uh, where are you at? Um, so our website for the company is bwhealth.com. And for me, it's officialpartha.com. And uh, you can hit me on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. It's all official Partha. I like that. So I'm going to ask you one other question that made me think that. So, you know, a lot of people I've, I've talked to, successful people, they, they struggle with this branding thing, right? Are you, so are you struggling? Do you struggle with the fact that you're branding Partha and your company? Or I mean, I know they're, they're one and the same, but how do you do that? What, what, what makes you, you know, put on Instagram something on Partha's page versus your you know, the, the better walk page. Um, yeah, the better walk stuff. So that's mostly like if it's just the products or like something cool like that, um, related to the products. But for my stuff, it's very rarely company related. It's mostly just like pictures of me wearing cool clothes. I'm really into fashion and, and hip hop and stuff like that. So, um, really just do what I see and what I like and try to mimic it. And then you just share that and you're kind of building your brand, which people know you're part of Better Walk and, and that's how you build it all together. Yeah. And I'm not super interested in having a massive following for myself. I'm just interested in having a lot of really cool friends. I like it. Well, man, I appreciate you being on the show today and uh, lots of great stuff, lots of uh, lots of energy and love your focus and, and your passion for what you're doing and, and how you're going to change the world, man. I look forward to watching that. Thank you, Brett. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here on the Circuit of Success podcast. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 